what's up? Ready to have a great time with La Mesita? Sit back, tune in, and enjoy. Is everyone enjoying themselves? Stick around for more wonderful and beautiful conversations, jams, and giggles with La Mesita. La Mesita is proud to have everyone tuned in to our Magical Frequency channel. Tune in to our amazing host and guest, and to our fabulous production team. For our favorite knee-slapping, body-bouncing, spirit-shaking jams, tune in to our lovely host and guest and our lovely production team. Stay tuned, and you might just like what you have blasted on your speakers. Welcome to La Mesita Virtual Edition. I'm Marie. I'm James. Today we have the honor to talk with a Chicagoan musician, music promoter, event coordinator, and producer. He is one of the members of Dos Santos and Ira Iwata. Recently, he has been working with Dos Santos, recording new material in Los Angeles. Here at La Mesita is Jaime Garza. Hi, thank you so much for the invitation. Of course. So how has that productivity been during the days of like, since you can't be like in your studio, so you've been working a lot from home? Yeah, so the COVID hit all musicians pretty hard, not just work, but also creative wise. You know, we've been, everyone's been trying to stay active and write or do stuff, but it, it's a very emotional time right now. You know, the whole world has been suffering for about five months because of the, of the pandemic. So as musicians, we try to translate that into music, into art, into poetry, and it's it's been a little dark, right? We haven't been able to perform. We have performances very sporadically here and there, some live stream stuff. But I mean, at least me and the band and Dos Santos, Annie de Vuelta, you know, we're trying to maintain positivity and trying to stay active, right? Uh, either practicing or reading or checking out other live streams that are going on, uh, not just here in Chicago, but also in Mexico, Latin America, New York. There's a lot of people very active. So we try to stay positive, always be creative. I'll, you know, I just always try to stay busy. That's really cool. So are you in like LA right now? Oh, uh, no, I, I'm, I'm in my uh, home studio in Chicago. We were, we were in LA a few months ago recording the last part of, uh, of our new album with uh, Dos Santos, uh, which we kind of finalized the, the mixing uh, part of it like two weeks ago. So we're excited to, to start working on the art and just everything that comes before releasing a record. So when do you feel like the record's gonna be ready to, for, the, for the people to hear? We're, it's all in planning stages still, but I think we're gonna be releasing a single this year and then the, the full length uh, LP vinyl record Ooh. Well, I can't. I can't help but notice what was all the instruments behind you in your studio. Oh yes, yeah. I've been a musician for twenty years, and this is. The, I have another wall that you guys can't see that's on this side. That's also full of instruments. Yeah, I mean, I'm a musician uh, for twenty years, and I've been just collecting instruments. And then there's some that I, you know, you 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 buy stuff and, and you try them out, and and you use them out for gigs, and you start having your favorites. You know, so you start just keeping la crema, we say. We start mm. keeping the very good instruments that sound good, that have aged well, and that, that have uh, also a, a emotional attachment. So then I start keeping those and keeping up, up, up here on the, on the wall. Like being a musician for 20 yeah. years, like what's your first memory of having an instrument in your hands? And like, what did it feel like to have it in your hands for the first time? Instrument, I mean, maybe when I was about 12 years old, grabbing my dad's guitar and strumming it and really not knowing what I was doing. And so my dad is a guitar player, bass player, taught me a few chords here and there. You know, he taught me a little bit in the beginning. And then, you know, I, I practiced a little bit and I got too much into it, but loved music. Once I started uh, uh, learning in high school, I was about maybe 16. They're 17 years old. I performed for the very first time in front of uh, people. And it was a little crazy, a little improvisational. 
I didn't know how to play much, but but yeah, that that energy that you feel when you're on stage performing for people really changed changed my life. And I remember it was at a festival in uh, in Pilsen. It was uh, called the Viva Slan Festival, and I was about 17 years old, very little experience on like playing an instrument, but just that uh, adrenaline that you get when being in front of people and also having uh, musicians next to you and, and performing and, and trying to do the best that you can. It's something that you never forget. And for me, it was like, you know, it changed my whole perspective. I, after that, I started studying a little harder music <laughs> and, I, and I thought we had a certain responsibility to do things right, do things the best as we can with what we have. And that was kind of one of the experiences that I remember having, you know, the first time performing. For that first time, would you say that's like one of your favorite times or are there other times that was your favorite time performing? That was a very good uh, time, but it was a learning kind of experience. You know, live performances, I mean, I, we just had so many. I probably performed about 60 shows a year Ooh. for the past, you know, five or six years maybe. So there's a lot of performances, that, a lot of them very, very special. Maybe uh, one of them was was performing at um, at a museum in front, right next to uh, Diego Rivera's uh, mural in Detroit. You know that was awesome. Also performing in Mexico City at El Ilvana. You know performing next to very uh, uh, band we admire like Celso Piña, Natalia Lafourcade. Mm-hmm. And then there's other that they're just parties and you have an instrument and you can just grab it and you jam to the family or to friends or to sometimes to even strangers and you just become friends and, and the music kind of connects you. And so there's a lot of very special moments throughout my life as, as a musician that, that you know, it would be too many to, to name. But yeah, there, there, there is a lot. So, like, through all of your, like, gigs and performances, has there ever been, like, an instrument that you really love to use when you perform? Yeah, so, so uh, as I was telling you, uh, you know, you find instruments and, and you perform with instruments and you start having certain, certain attachment to it. You start to find the sweet spot of every instrument and, you know, you start, the instrument becomes you also. So it's just an extension of you. So there's a few instruments that, yeah, I, I have and that, that I still perform in. Maybe my, my main instrument that, that I perform most with is a, is a GNL L2000 electric bass. Mm-hmm. And I probably had it for about, I want to say, 13 years. So I learned to play on it and I've practiced with it and I've traveled to Mexico and all over the U.S. with that instrument. So yeah, it does have a, a lot of, sounds great. I just changed the strings maybe a few years ago and I started using these new strings that are flat wound. So they have a, a little opaque opaque sound where it's not super bright. It's just fat, you know, and it's a bass. So it's a very unique sound and the way I play it and the way the instrument is, it, it creates just kind of my style of, of doing stuff. That's the electric bass. The acoustic side, I have La Leona, which is which is the first instrument on this side, which is a, a an acoustic bass, a four string, which I've been using that for maybe five years. And that's kind of my go-to instrument for when I'm outside in the backyard or I go out to a party, I'll be like, I'll take my little bass because it's easy to transport and it sounds great and people love it. I mean, people that are not even into music, they're like, what is that, you know? It's a very unique instrument. So, uh, and and there's a other few, of course. I mean, there's a harana, which I have one here. I, I usually have it uh, right next to me at all times, which I I, I recently bought maybe like two years ago, from, designed from a very awesome uh, musician down in in Veracruz. Her name is uh, Laura Laura Rebolloso, and she designed it with a with a with a guy that does guitars and stuff and they designed it to a certain specific size and sound and when i got it i just fell in love with it and i've been using it probably every day or every other day that's like really cool i wish i could have gotten music like like the drum. yeah what does music like to you mean for you like your heritage like how do you keep that tradition 
would like your music? Yeah, somewhat, I guess, is conscious, but some is not consciously. You know, you do music, you do art. You're not thinking where it's going, where it comes from, how it happens, but you just uh, feel free to express yourself. And when you're free to express yourself, there's certain nuances that come with those expression that is drawn from your culture, from where you grew up, from uh, how did you grow up, from, from the influences you've had. So in a way, yes, it, it, is, it is unconscious. You do art, right? And, and we do art, at least the people that I know, we do art for the world, right? We're not focusing on a group of people or, or a city or, or a state. We're really focusing on the world. Like, how can we beautify the world with music? And I think that's kind of we're aiming. But then once you start playing, you, you cannot deny your roots. You, you cannot deny where you come from, what your influences are. So all this starts, uh, I have this thing that I say, like every, we all have an accent when we speak and we all have an accent when we play an instrument or when, when we play certain music or certain song, we have our, our own way of doing it, our own way of saying it. So yeah, we, we also love to cherish, cherish it and, and learn from the past and learn from our ancestors but always be pushing it forward, be very progressive in it. And it's a, it's a natural thing that happens. There's certain things you don't have to look for that are already inside of you. So it's just an expression. So I, I would say focus on the expression of it and the roots and your ancestors will, will follow. And talking about like roots and stuff like that and like like where does music come from and like not even talking about where it's coming from. Like what is Chicago for you and your music? Well, I, I arrived in Chicago about 23, 24 years ago. Um, and this is kind of where I, 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 I formed myself as a, as a professional musician. This is, this is my home. Uh, anyone, anywhere in the world, they ask me where you're from. I'm from Chicago. And being from Chicago and knowing just the rich history that music from Chicago has, all the way from house music, and blues to like you know to punk to latin punk and you know just the house parties and the festivals all of that you know i think of chicago and i think of all, all of these festivals and parties where music is such a not important part it, it's just a, a part of us you know a part of, of, of being from chicago a part of uh living in this city where this city has so much to offer in so many different cultures we, I, I don't think we realize how rich Chicago is in culture and in music. And I think we're always trying to push that to the world, being like, Chicago is very rich in music. And check us out. When we talk about how rich, how rich in culture that Chicago is, we also know that you're a culture promoter. Like, what is your favorite part of that job as well? Oh, I, I love supporting bands, artists, uh, you know, photographers, people that do film and people that do sound. I love supporting, right? I, I've, been, I've been working for so long in, in kind of the, the music, festival scene, party scene, uh, you know, doing sound or, or working on logistics that I've, you know, I've learned a lot. And stuff that you learn is not worth anything if you don't teach it to someone else. So having, you know, being able to speak to to bands you know either younger bands or bands that that uh have different experiences than me i love to share those experiences and kind of help them guide guide them uh at, at least how i learned and how i did it and how it worked out for me i give them a first-hand experience of what worked for me and i'm talking about everything from organizing to touring to performing to even keep, keeping up to date with your with your instruments how to make a better sound better, that kind of, it could be so technical and it could be so organizational that, you know, my experience, I, I just want to share it. And other people, they'll grab stuff from here and there and make their own kind of choices. But I want to give them a wide range of choices so that they, they have a firsthand or a secondhand knowledge of someone that actually went through it. So that's one of my favorite things is to share, you know, experiences. So... We saw one of your videos. I hope I'm saying this right. Uh, the Menos Jesus. 
Manos. Manos ajenas, yes, it's in Spanish. Manos and you produced it. So what was the idea behind the behind the video? We released this album maybe about uh, two years ago, and I was in, in San Antonio, Texas, doing uh, some uh, workshops, and, and I met uh, the dancer in the video. So uh, when I met her, you know, we chatted, we said, I play in a band, this is my record, and she loved the music. And she's like, I've been, I've been rehearsing, warming up, you know, my, my practice. She's a professional dancer with your, your album. I'm like, oh, that is so cool. We should think of how to collaborate, maybe do a video. And that's kind of how, how it, it's, the conversation started. Months and months later, I proposed it to the band. She actually used to send me a video with a, with a practice performance. And I showed it to the band and the band loved it. And... So the band agrees and we should do a video with this dancer. So it was more about coordinating videography, uh, lighting, and the actual performance. Also find the space where it was gonna, where we were gonna record. Uh, also work with either budgets or ideas, uh, uh, you know, the black and white, color, how big of a frame, close-ups, all of these like technical things that took months and months to kind of get tight because uh, this dancer lives in lived in Mexico. Mm. So it was a little hard to coordinate until one day, maybe about a year ago, we, we found a date that works actually a weekend. It was like a three or four day weekend, which uh, coordinated to with the uh, videographer and with the lighting guy and her to put together in a room to get the room also. And and to do the performance and to record it. So that's kind of how it, it, it came to be. And it, everything, since we're a band, we talk and we uh, give ideas to each other and opinions of what we think about certain things. So, so the video has a little bit of input of every member of the band and also members of outside of the band that, that help create it, which is a dancer, videographer, and lighting guy. So, it's a beautiful project. I mean, it's so cool to work on, on something for two years and finally let it out to the world. You know, it's not just a, a very cool song that, that we enjoy. It's also very cool to look at. It's interesting. But just all the emotion that comes in the, in the time from writing the song to recording the song to organizing the video shoot to releasing it, it's a very emotional thing. Um, so I, I don't take that granted you know I, I really love what i do and i think the the product that that i release shows it did, did you expect for everybody to like it to like to like that the video and did you expect all the love that you would get from it i mean i, I was really it's art so people are gonna like it and some people are not gonna like it and you know you just hope for the best do it with heart uh do the best you can and that's it well we're gonna let's uh let's check out this track. We'll be right back with a Jaime Garza on La Mesita.
talk about some of your projects. What is the sound of Jaime Garza on this 2020? Wow. I, you know, as, as the world kind of got dark, I tried to look for the light. And looking for the light, I started kind of analyzing who I am as an artist, who am I as a musician. And one of the things I, I decided to do and kind of take it a little more seriously is to, to write songs, to write songs and compose just everything around it and actually produce hopefully beautiful music with a lot of heart. That's kind of what I've been doing for the past uh, maybe five or six months since we've been on, on um, partial lockdown where I've been writing and learning from my writing and also reading and, and, and checking out other people that, 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 I, that I admire, that write songs, that write music, um, that, that, that have records out, uh, all the way from like sound-wise to lyric-wise to poetry and, and instrumentation. I, I feel that I've been finding myself again this year just with all this going on. And I, I've been enjoying it. I, I've been producing, I've been recording, I've been writing. So hopefully, you know, in a few months, I'll be, you know, releasing little by little just the, the work that I've been, that I've been doing for the past uh, five or six months. And, and I've been planning also kind of how the world is going to go in the next, you know, year or two. So I plan to write more songs and, you know, make, make life interesting for people to hear my music. Speaking about writing more songs and like talking about some of your uh, favorite musicians as well, um, like would you ever consider like doing collaborations with them, like with even with poetry as well? Oh yeah, um, excuse me. Just uh, yesterday, I had over a good friend, Frank Diaz, a local poet. You know, doing some recording, some like scratch tracks. Um, actually, I have my friend coming on his way, another friend, producer, Lupillo, uh, that also will give ideas to the stuff I'm working on. There, there's just a lot of people that I know that have so much talent and that are so giving that, that it's easy to, to ask to come in and, and either record something or give me their opinion, any recording that I sent them, or even on the visual aspect of my projects, either it be uh, Los Santos or Alma Fuerte or Ida Vuelta. But yeah, I'm working just on so many things that it's it's never boring. <laughs> it's never boring here at the studio. You know, have uh, friends come over, or if I'm if I'm alone, I'll be writing stuff and I'll send it to a friend and 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 see if they what are they hearing it or what can they contribute to it. So yeah, and I'm always open also to collaborate with people that I just barely met or maybe see how I can add to what they're doing. Just recently, uh, one of my good friends, Oscar Sanchez, Shark, he's uh, uh, recording his album uh, near, in a studio nearby my house. So he's like, come by and record some bass on it. I'm like, man, I would love to get out of the house and do some, some actually real recording for, for someone that's gonna release some stuff. And stop by, recorded uh, two songs. And uh, we have plans of doing more collaborations. So yeah, it's it's really a collaborative um, world. Really, uh, we can do stuff all on our own. And I um, I encourage everyone to you know work with people, find people of like mind, uh, you know, interests and, and likes and and, and uh, morals maybe, and you know work together. And and it's it's a good way to to advance to move forward. I know another project that you run is, excuse me if I'm butchering this, Panchanka music? Yes, Panchanka. Am I saying this? Can you tell us yeah. more about that? Yeah, so Panchanka, I started maybe about five or six years ago. Um, and it's, a, it's an organization. We do, we either consult festivals or venues in, in how to be more open to culture, to Latin American culture mostly Mexican roots music, Puerto Rico or Cuban music, folk. So that's kind of what we do. We consult and we help uh, either do booking or do uh, marketing. And so one of the big things that we do is we book all the bands for uh, uh, Mole de Mayo Festival. So that's kind of the big thing that we do 
every year uh, we book over 40 to 50 bands, which is amazing. And we, you know, I love doing it. Just you get, you get to have art and create opportunities for for people really working hard on the craft. So a lot of uh, a lot of the passion that, that that we have, we we use it onto Pachanka music culture in in that uh, supporting local and and international bands that have a voice, that have a positive attitude, that have interesting music to to share. So that's kind of Pachanka music, you know, organizing, marketing. So through your travels and playing your different venues, do you ever do you have like a favorite food from like a certain city that you love to visit and eat? <laughs> wow, yes. So so culture a lot a big part of culture is uh, music, of course, and food. You know, food is a big huge thing. Um, and I've traveled. I mean, we play so many shows in so many different places, and and. One of the things that we always have in our mind is like, where we're gonna eat, right? Where are we gonna eat, and what are we gonna eat, and and we look and we take our time to find the right place. So we try to go and support local wherever we're at. We're trying to support small mom and pop shops where where the recipes are 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 you know homemade stuff. So we go to a lot of restaurants, and maybe I can name one, Mr. Natural. In, in Austin, Texas, they're an all all vegan, vegetarian restaurant. M- most of my my uh, band Dos Santos were all vegetarian, so we're always looking for something good and healthy, and that's gonna help us have energy on stage. And and food wise, I mean, man, we have had such good food from from like sandwiches in in India and in, uh, in India, California, to uh, noodles in DC. Um, just I don't know. It's just so much, so much food that <laughs> there's a lot, of, a lot of names of restaurants that I don't remember. But 
we have a we have kind of a calendar of where we've been, uh, when, and what city. And whenever we're back in that city, we'll go visit them again, just because we have a good experience. Especially the small shops that have these amazing food that you're never gonna eat in a, no chain store or nothing like that. Yeah, that sounds like you have some some good food experiences. <laughs> Making making me hungry just talking about it. <laughs> so for the other half of this interview, we have some not so serious questions, but just stuff that maybe is kind of interesting. I know was it we said that you are a car collector. Yeah, so I I'm a graphic designer by trade. I've been working as a graphic designer for about 17, 18 years. And I love graphic design. You know, I love design of records. I love design of flyers. I love design sometimes even of uh, of uh, newspapers, just a magazine. So I'm very analytic when it comes to uh, any graphic design, any 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 photography, and words put together on a page, on the si- on any size, either on the web or on print. So one of the things I I would do every time we would stop by and I've been doing it for years stop by either a restaurant or a business or even meet someone interesting and ask them for a business card I've never thrown it out so I started maybe I'm like well you know this person I might not call him but he has a really nice card so I I start saving them and I I I have a big box somewhere around here where I kind of see where I've been kind of thing and also see the there's just such, there's some good design, some good graphic design. I love it. And it really inspires me to, you know, when I do my business cards, I'm like, wow, I really like this mm-hmm. technique that this uh, person used out in, I don't know, California or or this restaurant you use. So I'll I incorporate it to either the stuff for me or sometimes even restaurants or, or businesses that I help do graphic design. Mm-hmm. I'll be like, well, here's some samples of, of what these people are doing, what so that opens up their mind and be like, wow, I really want photo, or I really want a, a textured business card, or I really want a, a very thick wooden uh, business card, or I want a shape business card where it's a shape of a heart, a business card. It's like, wow, yeah, I, I have a, I have a big collection um, of business cards. And I also heard that you also collect like cars, like. Uh... I'm a fan of vintage, old vintage cars, um, and and I just every every few years I'll buy either a convertible or something um, that's not you know anyone could buy a, a, a '90s or a newer car, but to, to go down to the '70s or '80s, very few people that do it. It's a risk, but my last car uh, it was a, a Mustang GT 1986 black convertible. So that's kind of the car that I was <laughs> using a few years ago. But I, yes, I love cars and I love also um, muscle cars that I like, but I also like like European design cars. I, BMW's line is always, a, it, it's, it's a work of art, really. I, I've had, I've, I had one, a, a 325iC, a 90 a metallic blue convertible stick shift beautiful beautiful car i've also had like volvo is a very nicely designed car and this all comes because of my graphic design kind of background where i love lines i love aesthetic i i I just love and and aesthetic doesn't mean everything is straight it means it's it's fine every line that you see has a a reason to be in that shape or in that length uh, or, or in that color. Uh, so a lot of it does come from my, my visual art. So I just, I know I just got my, I just got my license a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. So do you have any suggestions for like a first time car buyer, like what to look for and like the, well, I mean, I would suggest a, a smaller car, a smaller car, meaning a, a four cylinder or a six cylinder, just because eight cylinders, they, they weigh so much gas. And they're a little more expensive to keep up, like my Mustang. So something smaller, and depending also the the, the style that you like. I mean, if you like more modern cars, there is a bunch. But if you like a little more vintage, then it's a little more work. Just know that 
they don't run perfect all the time. You're always going to have to, you know, be a little more careful with, with older cars. But I would, I mean, for your first car, I would go, you know, maybe a, a 2000, which is still a 20 year old car, but it still has a lot of life in it. Um, research, really research and, and you know, f not, not fall in love with your car, but really like your car. You'll take care of something that you like visually. You'll take care of it more than than if you don't. So uh, you know, it's a little bit of research. Um, but yeah, good luck in your search. What is what has been like your favorite gadgets this twenty twenty? Like your favorite stuff to you? That that is a good one. Uh, maybe I just bought a. Uh, uh, a uh, vintage preamp. Uh, it's a it's a golden age pre fifty. It's a called the pre pre seventy three MK two, and it's a preamp that you connect either a microphone or you can connect your bass or guitar directly into it. And it's a it's either it's a transistor, but man, once you crank it, your bass and your guitar sound so beefy i like to say or so just a little a very unique distorted sound that i probably bought it maybe two months ago and i love the sound of it and i'm kind of getting into the preamp stuff the, the tube amps stuff for recording uh, music um what else i mean I, I have this uh and i've had this for a while it's uh it's called a uh, this is the boss uh, loop station the RC30, see it? It's a two mm -hmm. pedal. So this is a loop station. So you play to connect it to this. You play a riff and then you stop playing and it just loops what you recorded. So uh, all of a sudden you got a band without having a band now, you know, the music is playing and now you could sing on top of it or you could now you could play another instrument on top of it. And that's a lot of fun. It's a lot of time that you gotta spend on it, but it's a lot of fun to to have. And with with the uh, in these times, since we can't get together as often as I would love to, this is a good a good a good tool to kind of create your own music and and play on your own kind of explore experiment. So it's the RC thirty by Boss. Um, I I have you know a bunch of little other stuff, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, um, I, and I like going into the folk stuff, right? To so the old, mm -hmm. like I have guitars here, or or these haranas are called, that are you know ten years old, fifteen years old, that still sound great, and it's not necessarily a gadget or technology, but it's just things that I that that translate well. We got some secret, some secrets, secret person that say you made some good chili tortillas. Chiles toreados. Oh yeah, so. Chiles toreados are jalapenos grilled, and then uh, you put, they usually put them like in a cup, and then you put lime juice, soy sauce, and a little bit of salt. And then you could really eat that with anything else. You could have tacos or gorditas or anything. And it's just heaven, really. I mean, any restaurant that I go to, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be I'll be asking everyone, hey, can I have some chiles toreados? Spicy, they get me going, you know, they get you sweating and they make you feel a little bit more alive. Can it's we like have really... the recipe? <laughs> it, they're really easy. You just really grill, grill the jalapenos, grill the jalapenos and then add soy sauce and lime and salt. Really easy. A little burnt, you know, a little burnt and they get a little soggy. They get a little spicier and a little secret little secret when you have a jalapeno you go like this to it so you make make it juice it, it the juices of the spiciness go into the the everything else right and then it, it's an old tradition that you swear at the chile you tell it bad words so that it gets mad and it gets spicier and that's some, that's that's, some intense food <laughs> that isn't some, yes. that's really intense yeah try it, try it. it works <laughs> Um, did you learn any other recipes other than just anything? Uh, yeah, I I do um, I do uh, uh, tuna tuna al pastor. Since I'm not a meat eater, 
meat uh, al pastor tacos and all that they they do it i think it's it's a pork pork meat mm-hmm. i don't eat pork uh so i do a, a tuna so fish so i do a fish al pastor so it's a so you do like it's like a real thick sauce with a few different type of of, of peppers of dry peppers uh kind of blended a few spices and then i i get i mean i get um tuna from a can even though it's recommended to get the fresh tuna and then you kind of just sog it in that sauce and you let it sit for a few hours to get it pregnant and to get it a very like inside of the of the tuna mm-hmm. and then you grill it warm up some tortillas and it's a little spicy it's 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 uh, um, heavy you know it has a lot of flavor and so that's been my specialty in the past like two years i do i do tacos of tuna al pastor every every once in a while every maybe big party that i have that i have in my house tuna al pastor yeah mm. i have to sound, try that yeah that sounds delicious i have to yeah. try that and then sweets i do some sweet i do capirotada so Ooh. capirotada is um is a bread really it's a bolillos uh, which you cut them uh, into pieces and you kind of toast them, mm-hmm. but you also do like a syrup with with canela and with uh, um, they they call it panela in Colombia, but in uh, Mexico they call it piloncillo. Thank you. Piloncillo. Uh, okay. So you do a, you do a kind of a a, a a honey sweet thing. You put the the bread in the oven and let it kind of get a little bit hard, and then you put them in a big bowl. And you put all this honey on top of the uh, bread, a few pieces of cheese, some uh, nuts. You could put some, maybe like uh, any dry, like berries. And then you let it sit for, you let it sit for a while. Actually, you put it back in the the oven for a little bit, let it get warmed up. And then you take it out and it's such a delicious, um, a, a sweet kind of for after you eat. And also, it's like a little dessert. And it also brings me back to my childhood. I grew up in San Luis Potosí. And I remember Christmas time or, or party time. You know, that was, a, that was a thing. And so now that I'm older, I could look up the recipe on YouTube and um, make my own. That's really endearing. That's super cool. Mm-hmm. Well, like speaking... Oh, you go, James. So uh, this this year, as the uh, election is coming forward, and uh, it's been, a, like you said, 2020 has kind of been a dark time, and it's kind of been a different time for, like, economics and, you know, race. Should, do you feel people should go out and, and vote this year, this coming up election? I think it's very important to vote. I think no one should take your vote for granted, I mean. All our voices are meant to be heard, especially in this country that says that it 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 um that tries to spread democracy all over the world. I think it's very important for us to take that seriously, and I think it's very important to vote. I think that vote should be uh, by mail, just to keep safe. But I believe that there is some places that could have. Um, open um, places where you could vote, where it's safe enough, where it's wide enough, where it's not as dense as it in it, as it is in cities like New York or LA or even Chicago. I think there is places where they could be in person uh, voting, but I do encourage uh, most of the voting should be done by mail. What is the message that you can send to all the people out there listening to La Mesita to this? audio i encourage everyone to to stop and think about right now you know we're living in a very unique time and you sh- you have voice use it you have friends you know inspire them uh you have ideas you know concrete them make them happen uh nothing is impossible um, you, you, uh, you know find way to do it I, I'm a I'm a clear example of that it's it's possible. 
I, you know, use what you have. There's more. There's a lot more people that care about you than you than you think. Um, so, ask. You know, be um, be curious about stuff. Learn, read, uh, get into things. Believe, believe in yourself. I mean, these are things that that I don't only uh, um, advise people to do, but I've lived it. And it, it's taken me years to kind of realize the potential in 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 in, in, in myself, or in just things that one could could aspire, and to just move forward and and do it. Um, so that's kind of a, a thing that I that I want you guys to know and everyone listening. Well, we wanna we wanna thank you. Hi, man. We want to first thank you for coming out and doing this interview with us. Um, we want to thank you for joining us today on La Visita. We look forward to checking out your oncoming material and your work, and we we hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for the invitation. Uh, thank you, La Visita. You guys are doing awesome, awesome work. Keep, uh, keep it up. Thank you so much. ¿Qué será? ¿Y ahí qué será? Es 
Muchas gracias. Eh, otra vez yo soy Jaime Garza eh, del proyecto Alma Fuerte acá de Chicago. Thanks for hanging out with us and listening to La Misita. We always have different artists and music every Saturday from 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. So try to catch us on Lumpen Radio 105.5 FM. WLPN LP Chicago. Or you can check us out on our YouTube and SoundCloud at Yolo Cali. 